When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. The best Harvey costume you ever had. Every year we dress up as a family and do something. So I think like this yeah. year. What are you going to do? Uh, we were debating. <laughs> uh, oh boy. Well, he starts laughing before telling you this ought to All be right, good. So we're, we're debating going as Cinderella with the evil stepmother and the, and the two oh. sisters. The only problem is my son and I would have to dress up as the two sisters. Well, you got to. Oh. <laughs> you got to now. You got to go. You got to go forward with that. <laughs> you got to go forward with that. You have to. Make sure you send us pictures too, Shannon. We see you in that little tight skirt. <laughs> Probably with bloomers on. Hey, with that, yo! With that long blonde hair. <laughs> look, like, look like a St. Pauli girl. <laughs> I mean, guys, totally. Welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better. It's Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man, Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together on the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80. And always tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN radio. I think in 10 minutes or so, but I can't be too sure. That will let you know what we learned from NFL through the first seven weeks. I'm saying this 10 minutes away. It all depends how the next 10 minutes go because this all got started. And Devin King, one of our producers, brought this to our attention. A 50-year-old man from Lithuania was arrested in Spain for faking heart attacks at restaurants over 20 times to avoid paying the bill. Even in one instance, when he tried to leave to go back to his room and say, I forgot my wallet, they wouldn't let him leave. He throws a tantrum on the floor, and they still did not allow that to happen. So our phone lines are going nuts right now. 888-729-3776, a Dr. Pepper call in line. Harry's going to share a story, and I'm going to share a story. But Christian in Vegas, what is the craziest thing you did to get out of a situation? Okay, uh, thanks for taking my call, guys. Um, so I... I wanted to take a Saturday off to watch college football, but I knew if I took the day off from work, the wife was going to have me do chores around the house. <laughs> so I accidentally slipped down the stairs um, and hurt my back pretty good. And uh, pretty much spent the whole day on the couch watching college football and not having to do anything. That's a perfect victory. But I let you know football is king. Football. <laughs> and, and the football crowned him. Is a religion. For real. Man, let me slip down the stairs so I can sit my kick my feet up all day long and watch football. <laughs> my shoe. <laughs> oh man. Oh my goodness. Shelby in Minnesota, what's the craziest thing you did to get out of a situation? All right, fellas, thanks for taking my call. We're sure. back in the eighties. I was in the army over in Munich, really small base. But the University of Maryland had a full time school on the base and uh seventy five percent female. So one night in bars and out drinking, go back one of the girls back to her apartment. Get drunk, pass out on the couch. I must think I'm at home in my own apartment or whatever, like four buildings away. I get up in the middle of the night, go down, lay down in bed. Next thing I know, I'm hearing these girls saying, who's that in your bed? I look over in this other bed, and I see some great big girl. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, what have I done? I look down, I'm naked, like, oh, my God, what have I done? Then I hear that girl say, I'm going to wait here until he gets out. And so I get up real quick, just pull my pants on, look out, second floor windows, like, screw it, I'm jumping. Boom, I'm out the window, hit the ground, rolled, ran to my, my apartment building, barracks, whatever you want to call it. I'm in there two nights later, I see this girl. 
And she goes, what the heck happened to you? All my roommates are so mad. I said, I jumped out the window. I said, I knew it. The girl below us, she said she was blow drying her hair and said somebody just flew right past the window. <laughs> hey, hey, but Shelby, let me ask you this, Shelby. Did, did you hold it down, Shelby? Did you hold it down? Oh, did you did you hold it down? Did you hold it down? Did you handle your business? Uh, I didn't get in trouble. I went out with that girl again. Uh, this time we went back to my place. The but answer is yes. I had to jump out a window. So, Not a baby, Shelby. In other words, the answer is yes. Head first, I'm out the window. <laughs> I knew I seen somebody falling down when I was blow drying my hair. Oh, can you imagine you blow drying your hair else and Spider Man just appears out of nowhere? <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want me to start? Or you want to start with your craziest thing you did? Man, you know what? I'm gonna start because I think okay. I line up with KP in Mexico, so I'm gonna go. Oh, this ought to be good. Yeah, okay. man. So you know, back in the day, you know, uh-huh. I told you I was that I was that I was that dude in college. All 130 pounds of me, five eight, <laughs> five eight one thirty. <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, Five eight one thirty, baby. Walking around campus, so you know things come back to the house or whatever. So my roommate uh, CT, shout out to my dog CT. Uh-huh. I'm like, listen, man, mm-hmm. when I'm done with her, I'ma text you now. Right. Text me or call me and pretend like you coach right. to tell us that we gotta get to the facility right now. Uh-huh. We gotta go so I can get away from her. So you know, multiple occasions, I, I hit him. Hey, now he'll call me. Hey, where you at, man? You late. We're supposed to be lifting weights right now. You, right. You're not in the weight room. Right. Hey, appreciate my dog, CT, looking out for me. He looked out for me now. Okay. All I had to right. get away from him. All right. Because, you know, I'm, I, I like my space. I don't like uh-huh. don't be don't, looking all don't, up don't on me. Don't be all up on you. Exactly. Uh, all of my, get up off me. I got to go. Why am, I not su- why am I not surprised that you had a wingman to help you out in that situation? Hey, CT, call me now. I text him now. <laughs> now, that's like with a flip phone. Back when you had them flip phones now. Code red. Now. <laughs> I'm done. I now. Can, I can picture you on the phone looking as if somebody about to tell you that Chris was going to be over again as far as that goes. And you're saying, man, I, you I heard need me, some Dan. assistance. Yeah. I said I'm done. Yeah, put it this way. In those situations, sometimes you just got to look at yourself and say, well, you know what? Did you order the code? That's where you have to go. At a certain point, you got to let it be known and get the heck out of that situation. Now, Dale, the time frame varied. Sometimes it may have been five. Sometimes it may have been 30. Sometimes uh-huh. it may have been 15. When I was done, Dale, I was done. Yeah, let's done. take another call, shall we? Yeah, yes, yes, we should. <laughs> Craziest thing you did to get out of a situation. This all got started because Devin Kane and Shannon Penn, our producers, brought to the story that a 50-year-old man from Lithuania was recently arrested in Spain for faking heart attacks at restaurants over 20 times because he did not want to pay the bill. Join the conversation now on the Dr. Pepper call online. The tra- craziest thing you did to get out of the situation at 888-729-3776. John in Austin, Texas, my friend, what do you have? Hi, uh, yes. Uh, I was saying, my buddy and I were, uh, uh, we blew off work one day, and we went out to a casino in uh, Louisiana mm-hmm. and Lake Charles, and so we're, we're lying to our wives, so we're there. And so long story short, we're, we're coming home. Hasn't been a very good day. And we do something in my buddy's bends, and we, I guess, we started a road rage incident inadvertently. So my buddy's, like, sticking his arm out the window, flipping the bird. He's reaching over, honking the horn and stuff. And and eventually we think it's done, and so we go on down the road a little ways. Mm-hmm. And then we, we pull off at a gas station, and a, and a, a couple minutes later, these guys – and the same truck was like a great big four by four, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just a massive truck. And these four oil field workers get out, Mm-mm. 
and they're coming up to our car and they're like banging on it. And, and my buddy, I I don't think he realized what was going on. He gets out and starts to confront them. And then he sees that it's like four people. And I think by then he realizes he's like really screwed up. And what he did to get out of it is he started to act like he was kind of mentally impaired. Right. If you can picture that, just talking kind of funny. And it, and it, it, it starts to disarm these guys, and it's like they're like, okay, well, we weren't expecting this. So much. It's like, what it looked like, and and then they're like, well, we're like, they're like, they knew I was driving. They're like, why are you honking the horn? I'm like, I, I, I'm just, I'm trying to calm my buddy down here. You know, I'm a caretaker. You know, just trying to keep him safe, and it, it it totally worked. And it's like. And they're like, oh, man, we're so sorry. We didn't know. And it's just, we get back into the car, and it's just like we're driving. And we're like, we're like I cannot believe that just worked. You ain't taking no beating for no reason. Uh-uh. I understand. When somebody gets out and says, how you feel? I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, you got to stay he away said, from I'm, that. I'm his caretaker. <laughs> that one got me right there. I'm his caretaker. Oh, my God. I got tears in my eyes, man. I got tears, but I'm afraid. Don't get it. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I'm, uh, gonna uh, share, I'm gonna share my uh, story. Okay, all right. Just want to make sure. Patient Shannon. Sure. Patient yeah. Shannon. I'm not. Well, it sounded like he was I, about to transition. No, no, I was like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna leave you guys like that. I, I teased the story. I'm not gonna make sure that it's. I'm gonna make sure it's gonna be told. So, <laughs> first couple of years I'm working in Portland, May. First get out there. First job in radio. Working up there, Old Port, great city, underrated in the East Coast. So we go one night. They have a place called Old Orchard Beach where all the French people come down, and that's their vacation spot. They got, like, the vacation homes and everything. And a lot of people come from Massachusetts, coming from Connecticut. So Old Orchard Beach between Memorial Day and Labor Day, that's the spot when it comes to that. So first summer, Harry and everybody, I'm up there. Hanging on my friends, Tony Perkins and Jack Palmer, they all from the radio station. So we go there, and there's this one young lady in the corner. And to say she was fiending would be an understatement as far as that goes. So I'm thinking she wants Tony or she wants Jack because Tony was like the prototypical pretty boy from back in the day. Had the mullet, had the mustache, had the <laughs> acid wash jeans. He was just eye candy for the women in Old Orchard Beach. He, could, he had him on a string that summer. So I'm thinking she is going to want him. But then she comes over to me and she starts talking to me. What I realized was that she had two teeth missing in the front of her mouth. <laughs> so she snag a puss. Oh, she was definitely snaggle tooth. No doubt about that. <laughs> so I'm saying, you know what? I said, I, I said, I'm, I'm dating somebody right now. I said, but, you know, my twin was here and he saw you. And he wouldn't mind dating you if that's okay with you. She go, oh, where's he at? I said, well, I'll go get him right now. So Tony and Jack hear this. They think, okay, how's he going to pull this off? And at that time, I had a beard. So I go in the bathroom, dry shave, dry shave, get rid of the beard. <laughs> I put on Tony Perkins' shirt because I had a black shirt on. He had a blue shirt on. So I put on the blue shirt. Roll, you know how you need to roll up the shirt, you know, into like a knot in your stomach and everything like that? Uh-huh. And I get his baseball cap. I come strolling back in there. And I said, I said, I said, are you, the, I said, are you Tammy? She goes, why, yes, I am. I said, well, I'm Freddie's twin. I'm Charles. She goes, oh, my goodness. He said that you were waiting for me. I said, yeah, you know, Freddie always likes to play these kind of tricks. And I had deepened my voice even so, so she couldn't try to figure out, maybe like, get a little, you know, suspicious and everything like that. So I said, you know what, you know, Freddie's a really nice guy. You know, I, you know, I, I don't want to be too forward and everything like that. But, you know, you seem the kind of person, you know, wait right here. You know, I'll be right back. I'll get us some drinks. I hightailed it out of that bar in two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> 
I see Jack. Freddy. I see yeah, Jack. Charles. Yeah, I see Jack and Tony the next day at the radio station, and Jack is cussing my behind and said, "Dude, you left her with us." She's asking, "Where did he go?" Charles said he would be here. He said he was going to get drinks. She's like crying at the bar. I said, "Hey, that's on you." I had to get the hell out of there. You had to eight skate, yeah. donate, get up out of there. My face ached for like a week and a half. You do not dry shave in those situations. It never, ever, ever, ever. Charles Coleman, well. okay. Exactly, exactly. Charles is cold. <laughs> no, Charles's face is on fire. They're Charles, dry shaving. Charles got up out of there. Oh, my goodness. We'll take one more. Susan in Illinois. Thanks for calling us here at Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776. Sweet Susan, what is the craziest thing you did to get out of a situation? Uh, hi, guys. Um, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Well, when I was in junior high, um, I hated junior high, and I got really sick for a couple days and enjoyed being home, and I did not want to go back to school. So and this was back in the 70s, and they had the mercury thermometers. So I would take that thermometer and run it under hot water and uh, run the temperature up, and I'd shake it down to where it was at a – good place like around 102 uh-huh. and my mom would leave me in bed for like three minutes to take my temperature and I could do it when she wasn't looking <laughs> and I did this and I did it for like a week what? long enough that they actually they took me to the doctor they still couldn't figure it out they actually put me in the hospital <laughs> and I even thought about when I was sitting in that hospital bed, I thought about holding it up to the light or sneaking into the bathroom and doing it there because I just didn't want to go back to school. Susan, I love it. Wait, wait. I do. I do. I thought when she said she went to the hospital, okay, I've had enough. No, she's like, I'm trying. She's trying to figure out more ways. You know <laughs> if you're going to commit to it, stay to the 100. And she did. God bless her when it comes to that. What, what about what about KP of New Mexico? Oh, I want to yeah. get to KP. You do, KP of New Mexico, last one. Craziest thing you did to get out of a situation. KP, the floor is yours. KP, are you there? Yep. Oh, he's listening to his radio. Oh, Word of advice. He tried to I get know. you. This public service message. Got to be more careful. When you call us, make sure that your radio is down so you can hear us so we can hear your story. Lost your chance, KP. Sorry. God, I can't believe I told that story in the air. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie <laughs> Coleman. Thanks for joining us. I'm Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. If you did not get through on the phone, let us know on Twitter. Coleman ESPN and H. Douglas 83, the craziest thing that you did to get out of a situation. Like Aran Broad, I hope I got your first name right, Aran. He says, crazy thing I did was I faked memory loss. I've had multiple concussions to get out of an awkward meeting with a gal I had a fling with. That ass come. <laughs> wow. Hey, I mean, text you- now. <laughs> it's time to get away, order boss. The, order the code red. <laughs> now. <laughs> the time to red. go. Got to go. Oh, my goodness. Keep waiting in at Coleman ESPN and H. Douglas 83. Meanwhile, meanwhile, in the National Football League, we're about to go into week eight. Hard to believe that this season is flying by. Here it is October 25th. The trading deadline, Harry, is six days away. And we're going to blink our eyes, and we're going to be in December, getting close to the playoffs. It's going to be something else what we've seen so far, what we're going to see in the NFL. But I'll throw it at you. What have you learned so far? Any, It could be one thing, two things, whatever that is. Seven weeks in the NFL, what do you believe you learned so far about NFL 2023? That defenses matter. I think more so in 2023 
than previous years. Right? We went through you know years in the two early two thousands where right. you see the Baltimore Ravens, and then in the late two thousand mid two thousands you seen the Seattle Seahawks, right? The Legion of Boom. Right. I thought I think we have gotten to football being the glitz and glamour, pass the ball all over the place, protect the quarterbacks. But I think this season what we've witnessed was defensive efforts. When you look at Kansas City, them being a top ten defense, you look at the Atlanta Falcons, not a good defense last season, but they're top three when it comes to defensive principles. Right. Also when you look at, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Detroit Lions. The Seattle Seahawks, that's a team last year, defensive-wise, they couldn't stop a nosebleed when it came to the run game. (laughs) They're better this year. So I think defense really, really matters, as I always thought it should, but I think more so this year than years uh, prior. Okay. One thing I've learned about the NFL week through seven weeks of the NFL, you don't just have to protect your quarterback with a solid offensive offensive line or running game. Sometimes you got to protect the quarterback from himself. And I think we've seen a lot of organizations do that. Not everybody has a Patrick Mahomes. That's not new news here. But there are plenty of teams out there that had have a quarterback, and I go to the Buffalo Bills. Ken Dorsey did a great job through, through the first five weeks of saying, hey, Josh Allen, we need you to make plays, but we're going to supplement you with the running game. You're not going to have to do it by yourself. The last couple of weeks, they went back to what did not work last year and won't work in the playoffs, having Josh Allen be Superman and save your football team especially when your defense is compromised, missing three starters, two top-of-the-line guys, and Tredavious White and also the linebacker, Matt Milano. You don't have those guys. You can't your, expect your quarterback to put on that cape and fly through the air the greatest of ease and save your team and win a championship. It is not going to work. Any team that doesn't have that kind of quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you have to more than ever protect your quarterback, not just the offensive line, not just the running game, but even from himself to save himself and save your football team. And I'm glad you brought up Patrick Mahomes because I think he's an outlier, right, when, mm-hmm. when it comes to this conversation. And I think when you look at the landscape of the NFL right now, you want your team to be well-balanced because you can't just rely on your quarterback like the Kansas City Chiefs can with Patrick Mahomes. But I would even say him, mm-hmm. this is the best defense that he's had since he's been a starter no in the doubt. National Football League. No so doubt. that defense is helping him out because that offense started kind of slow too, right? Right, no doubt. So I think the balance across your team is one of the things I think is most important in the National Football League this season. One thing I'll say I've also learned as well, if you got some kind of tight end, you can do some things. Mm-hmm. If you're San Francisco and you got George Kittle, if you got Minnesota, you got T.J. Hawkinson. Of course, the GOAT right now, Travis Kelsey, yep. what he's done for the Kansas City Chiefs. But Mark Andrews making everybody look a lot better in Baltimore because those receivers get one-on-one coverage and Zay Flowers doesn't have to worry about somebody else diming down on him because you got to honor Mark Andrews. We talk about golden age of quarterbacks in the NFL. Dallas Goddard. Dallas really? Goddard, absolutely. The, the Cowboys, I think some of their struggles in the red zone have been because they don't have Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz been a godsend because for C.J. Stroud in Houston. They're the security blanket, right? In my career, I got to play with Tony Gonzalez, right? Oh, you talk about lucky the ultimate double. quarterback-friendly guy. And then when I got to Tennessee, it was Delaney Walker, mm-hmm. another guy that I quarterback trusted and leaned on, right? Like and Delaney choice. Walker was basically a wide receiver in a tight end's body. Right, no doubt. And see, the Falcons are starting to figure it out with a certain guy named Kyle Pitts. Yep. Get him. Nothing against Drake London or anybody else. But that guy's a matchup nightmare. But he can't be a matchup nightmare if he's seeing the ball going somewhere else or he's only getting catches in the warm-up line before the game gets started. The last couple of weeks, when Desmond Ritter's been in trouble, 
he's gone to that guy. That's worked out pretty well for the Atlanta Falcons. In a golden age of quarterbacks, if you got that guy called T.E. <laughs> tied in next to his name yep. and he can do some things, guess who's gotten the ball a little bit more in Buffalo? The guy they drafted in the first round, Dalton, Dalton Kincaid. Kincaid. Yeah, nothing is Dawson Knox, but Dalton Kincaid can be special. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's another thing when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals that's missing. You know, last year point. it was Hayden Hurst. The year before it was C.J. Uzama. Mm-hmm. They can't really count on, count on, in my opinion, Irv Smith Jr. like they counted on those two guys. I like so that. I think that's another thing that's you know kind of holding their offense uh, back yeah. is that tight end that they can trust to make plays when it's not T. Higgins, when it's not Jamar Chase, when it's not Tyler Boyd. Yeah. And I just don't think Irv Smith Jr. has done a better job or equally a job that the previous two tight ends that Cincinnati's had the last two years have done. Yeah, look at the Giants in the game against Washington. They got Darren Waller the ball early. Correct. And it was paying off and helping Tyrod Taylor and helping the running game and then Slayton, he making some catches. Jalen Hyde, he's making some catches. If you got a tight end and you don't throw him the football in modern football, you're an idiot. Especially you got a guy that can be special to help out your quarterback and help out your wide receivers. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to ask an FOS, friend of the show, what he has learned through the first seven weeks of the NFL and what in the name of Jerry Jones was Cowboys defensive and Micah Parsons trying to say when he said the Eagles are the number one team in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Hodgepack Sports hit us on Twitter at Coleman ESPN at Douglas 83 He says, I've learned or thinking is that after seven weeks in the NFL, there are only about three or four quarterbacks that can lead their team 
to a Super Bowl? We'll put that in other questions. Our man Lewis Riddick, he's an FOS friend of the show, has an ESPN NFL front office inside. Hit him on Twitter at L Riddick ESPN. Lewis, I'll start right there. Seven weeks into the National Football League, what have you learned? One or two things about NFL 2023. Oh, man. What have I learned? Well, I've learned that the league better be, you know, we, we've gotten a little bit tired of, I, I think sometimes people get little chief chiefs fatigue because, you know, people get, especially right now with the whole Taylor Swift thing and, and Travis Kelsey and uh, networks pan into them all the time, her all the time when it comes to televising their games. But I think people are missing a little bit, big, the bigger picture here. And that's this the chiefs defense is balling. And all of the young guys that Brett Beast, the GM down there, has been acquiring and Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, has been trying to develop some chemistry with over the past two years, it's now hitting. And when they're able to make sure that they have another weapon to complement Travis on the outside, and it looks like that could potentially be Rasheed Rice, you know, the more they integrate him into this offense, look out for the Chiefs. That's number one. Just look out. It's not like anybody's going, well, what do you mean look out? We know they're good. No, they may be even better now than they've been at any other point in time simply because this defense can shut you down and can shut you out. That's a big-time problem. For Patrick, what do you think that does for him? Incredible. Number two, I think we found out that, and I'm hoping what we found out, that what Todd Munkin and the Baltimore Ravens organization had envisioned when he came there as far as building out the weapons around Lamar and then taking this offense and making and bringing it into modern-day football from a passing game structure perspective, I think we're starting to see what, that's, what that looks like, what that vision looked like. And if they can duplicate, you know, close to what they put on the field against Detroit, then Baltimore now all of a sudden has to be considered a team that maybe is a final two team in the AFC because the defense, I mean, you see how Roquan and the boys are flying around Mm -hmm. on that side of the ball. They are playing championship caliber football. And so that's a team that also for different reasons, you know, when you juxtapose it with Kansas city is very, very scary right now. Very scary. And I think lastly, I think what we found out is this, no matter how good you are, and not, that, and not that we necessarily needed to know this, but no matter, but it, it always comes, you know, at the midpoint of the season, later, later on in the season, these kind of things always show up. No matter how good you are on the perimeter, and I'm finding this out in college football too, more and more every, every, every single week, the offensive line is the single most important position group on the entire 53-man roster. And as soon as you start taking hits at that position, a la the Miami Dolphins, and you saw how it neutralized everything else that they were trying to do against Philadelphia, although they still had their chances to win that game, it totally puts you behind the eight ball. It just does. And forget the, don't forget the quarterback play, but forget all the other peripheral uh, positions in the NFL. If you just tell me who has the strongest offensive line, I can probably tell you who was going to be there in the final eight, final four in their respective division. You, you can just bank on it. And that's why right now, just like we did last year at the end of the year when we were talking about Philadelphia, you see what their offensive line can do. You see why they're so strong. You see why Baltimore played as good as they played last week. You see how much time Lamar Jackson had to throw the football from the pocket? Mm -hmm. Why is Kansas City always going to be a threat offensively? Because they have one of the best offensive lines in football. And why is Detroit 
despite the spanking they just took from Baltimore, still going to be there in the end because they have one of the best offensive lines in football. That Those are the things that kind of really jump out at me when I sit back and think about watching, te- watching the games last week and then go trying to breeze through the film this one. And I'll say to piggyback off some of the things you just said, when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, I think one of the – the bright spots to their defense was those young guys getting the experience last year and being able to win a Super Bowl and going through the playoffs mm-hmm. and learning how to win at that level. When it comes to the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, that offense and the dynamics that it showed this weekend versus the Detroit Lions, my goodness. And then lastly, that offensive line, if big guys need love too, if you can't protect the quarterback, <laughs> I don't know how in the hell you'll get a chance. But I want to transition to the San Francisco 49ers, right? Because we got the mm-hmm. news that Brock Purdy is in concussion protocol and 49ers yep. quarterback Sam Darnold is now in line to start versus the Cincinnati Bengals. What are your thoughts on that? How do you think Sam is going to be able to perform? Going all the way back to January of this past year, I remember saying, I don't know if it was SportsCenter, it was one of, one of our shows. I said, there was someone who told me, sitting in an airport restaurant, that... When Sam gets into this San Francisco offense and learns all the nuance of the offense, he is going to have the best season of his career. He'll have the best showing of his career whenever he, that opportunity comes, whether it be you know in the, just in the preseason, and he had a solid preseason, or whether it be in a relief role because of injury or some other unforeseen circumstance once the regular season rolled around, that they thought this was this was the offense for him. That this one was going to finally show why people were as high on him as they were when he came out of SC. And I, I at first I kind of laughed at it, and I was like, because you know all, all you all you start thinking about is you know the Adam Gates days in New York, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing ghosts and all this other stuff. You know, you just you just your, your mind naturally goes there, but then when you started thinking about it objectively. And then you watch him play in the preseason and you think about how this offense is structured and what some of the things that it really does help Brock Purdy um, play at a lot high level. You start thinking, Sam can duplicate that. Sam has that kind of mental horsepower. Sam has that kind of quick trigger where he can come off a of play action and fire that ball with timing and in rhythm to, to Brandon Ayuk and Debo and those in breakers and George down the seams. I'm excited to see him play simply because someone had tipped me off to this way back before the offseason even began, that this was the spot. And when he got his time, he would show it. I'm anxious to see it now. Wow. Great stuff by Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL front office inside on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Thanks to Progressive Insurance. Saving you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Cowboy star defensive end of his podcast, Micah Parsons, said this about the Eagles. Number one will have to be the Philadelphia Eagles. No one has stopped the tush push yet. Devontae Smith could be A.J. Brown's number one receiver. Jason Kelsey, Hall of Famer. Lane Johnson will be a Hall of Famer. They're very special. Their DB core, Darius Slay, crazy talent. James Bradbury, and I know you saw the trade. He just got Kevin Byard. Very special to see. Obviously, I know I was high on Jalen Carter before he even got the Philly. I don't know how he fell to them. Without a doubt, very special group. It's very special to see what they've done, and they still have Reddick. They still have Sweat. I don't believe they have any weaknesses on their team. Lewis, what kind of end game was Micah Parsons looking to achieve with that? Great question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He he wasn't lying though. You know, he, he wasn't lying as far as all the things that he said. And it isn't like he's gonna. It ain't like they're gonna take it easier on him now because he was giving them flowers. I mean, they they don't care. They don't care if he likes them. They're like, yeah, all right, you just like us like everyone else likes us. So what? We're still going to 
go ahead and beat your head in when we play you. So it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, he's right. This is a team that right now, it really is pretty damn well constructed when you think about it. Strong up front, strong down the middle, big on the perimeter, nice complementary pieces on the perimeter offensively at wide receiver. A.J. Brown, the best wide receiver in the NFL that people just don't, when, they, when you say who the best players in the NFL, he never gets mentioned. You'll start mentioning him now. Devontae Smith, oh, he's only the Heisman Trophy winner. He has a couple <laughs> drop passes. People start thinking about him like he's some kind of practice squad guy. This guy was the Heisman Trophy winner, and he can go. Jalen, remember, just, what, two weeks ago, it was he don't seem right. He, doesn't see, he seems off his game. Man, it's Philadelphia slipping. It's Jalen slipping. Are they going kind of, to revert back to the mean? He never was a you know MVP candidate. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's obviously dealing. He's obviously not 100% right now. He'll be fine. The running back position complements each other well. The defensive line. Look, I mean, he's right about about um, Jalen Carter. I mean, damn. Yeah. I mean, the dude just. He, I mean, he's just treating offensive linemen like like they're blocking them. It, it's 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 kind of wild. They're so strong up front. They come at you in waves. Kevin Byard. It's the football intellect. It's the game within the game. It's the game before they snap the ball where Kevin really excels. And that you just hope that he can take that kind of football intelligence and disseminate it throughout the rest of the secondary and throughout the rest of the defense just to give him another leg up. At least you're hoping that if you're Philadelphia Eagles management and their coaching staff, if you're in the rest of the league and every team has to play him, you're, you're damn sure hoping that it doesn't have that much of an effect on him because when, how much more help do they really need? Yeah, the team is set up pretty, pretty well, man. Pretty well. They are their own worst enemy right now, not anyone else. Because personally, I think they have answers for whatever whatever any other team can throw at them simply because of how they're constructed. That may be my favorite answer to anything. So what's his end game? I don't know, but he wasn't lying. Great <laughs> step by Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL front office inside. Always does a fantastic job breaking down the NFL. Hit him on Twitter at L Riddick ESPN. That's why he's an FOS friend of the show. He joined us here on Freddie and Harry. Sweet Lou, it was a pleasure, my friend. Take care and be well, my man. Okay. All right, guys. Outstanding stuff. By the way, he's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. We're going to give you the five worst NFL teams of the week. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius X and Channel 80. Tune in and always tell you smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Yeah, public service announced by Jay-Z. It's good for the soul, it's good for the show, and damn it, it's good for the country. That brings back nightmares for me. Why? Because every time I played the Patriots in New England, that's what Tom Brady came out oh, to. Oh, that's right. That's That's right. how my career ended. Playoff Man, game and I'm sorry. Tom Brady came out to that. If I had a node that, I would not have played it. If I had a node. It's all good. It's a great song, though. Oh, it's a fantastic record. I hate the fact that it's bringing you nightmares this close to Halloween. I think we should wait until October 31st when the Halloween nightmares happen. In that locker room crying after my last game. (laughs) I I knew it was it. That's just it. He was a nightmare on your street. (laughs) My teammate, man, it's going to be all right. Uh, OG. No, it ain't. It ain't my last one. Exactly. It's far from okay (laughs) as far as that goes. So Harry felt pretty low when it came to Tom Brady. But I guarantee you, he did not feel as low as these five teams from Week 7 in the National Football League. Who are the lowest of the low? Let's find out right now. Now. 
Don't do that. <laughs> Stop doing that. That's how we get in trouble all the time. That's where I was that goes. That's how we get in trouble when we try to make things happen like that. It was a bad week for some this week in the NFL. In trouble, sack, fumble, first and goal. But who was the worst of the worst? You're the worst. You're the worst. Find out now. This is the lower five. And we always start. When you're that low, you have it to was a bad week for some this week in the NFL. <laughs> now we really got not no, now, no, not now. <laughs> well done. <laughs> we always celebrate those at their own expense when it comes to the five worst teams in the NFL. Not the five worst overall, but the five worst for the week. So we always start with number five. Man, those Buffalo Bills, Harry. What happened to them versus New England? Well, I think it's evident that they're definitely missing three people on their defense: Daquan Jones, who was unbelievable when it came to interior defense alignment. Also, Tredavious White on the back end, and then Matt Milano, who was the anchor, the leader of that defense. And they let Mac Jones have his way. You had an opportunity. You came all the way back and had an opportunity to get a stop at the end to not let the New England Patriots in the end zone, and you couldn't do it. Then you move to the offensive side of the ball. Josh Allen, you do not want to start the game off with an interception. Mm -hmm. Great play by, you know, Peppers for New England, but bad play by Josh Allen and company in that offense to start the game off in that manner. So, Buffalo Bills, you didn't have a good one, and I'm starting to see some little signs with you guys since losing some of your key players. Yeah, what he said. Let's move on. Number four. If you're the Las Vegas Raiders, you're not having the season that you thought you were going to have. You moved on from Derek Carr. You think you're going to be better with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. Huh, stop laughing. But then you lose to an undrafted quarterback, Tyson Bajan out of Shepherd University in West Virginia from my conference, PSAC, Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference in the house, baby. That's why the Raiders are the fourth worst team in the NFL from this past weekend, Harry. It's just hard to fathom sometimes when it comes to this team. You don't know what you're going to get. Offensively, they were two for nine on third downs. They allowed the Chicago Bears and company from an offensive standpoint to be eight for 13. Do you know how great that is? If you're Chicago going against the Las Vegas Raiders, you go 8 for 13 on third downs. Exactly. And then when you look at the Raiders, they didn't even rush for over 50 yards in this matchup. Bad, bad loss. And I think, you know, there are going to be some whispers sometime soon when it comes to Josh McDaniels. Yeah, those whispers may be getting louder and louder and louder about his future employment, that organization, after only about two years. Number three. We're putting the officials as the worst team, especially when it came to the Colts and Browns game. Jim Mercy, the owner of the Colts, said the NFL, and I quote, the NFL admits and understands that they did not make the correct calls at the end of Sunday's Colts-Browns game. I believe we need to instant, instant replay for all calls, including penalties, in the last two minutes for all games, end quote. Well, number one, that's not happening. But number two, that's not to say that his point's not valid. Those were two egregious errors where they missed an illegal contact and they called it on the Colts, and then they called the pass interference that was an uncatchable ball that gave the Browns a first and goal of the one, and 19 seconds later, 19 seconds left in the game, they took the lead. Now, I would say this about officials. They already have a hard job, but I think when you look at those penalties and the magnitude of that game and where they were called at, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't be making mistakes like this because it's Amen. costing teams wins and losses, and you never know at the end of the year – what wins they may need to be able to get to where they want to be. And everyone's goal is to make the playoffs. You get into the dance, you have a chance. So it's inexcusable to come to come afterwards and say you made a mistake. 
if we can go to a system that can correct these things in real time as well. Number two. How about those lions? Oh, Lord. Not too many times the bird catches the lion. Usually the other way around if a bird's too low on the ground. Not on Sunday. The Ravens beat the fool out of the Detroit Lions, and it was as close to the final score of 38-6. Yeah, every now and then it's okay to eat a piece of that humble pie, and that's one thing the National Football League will do to you. It Ooh, will yeah. humble you just as fast as it will praise you. And when it came to the Detroit Lions, they got humbled, and the Baltimore Ravens showed them that, hey, no, we have been the bullies in the National Football League on a consistent basis for over a decade or longer, or since they, you know, mm-hmm. Well, formed, right? (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) that's been the M over the Baltimore Ravens and their organization for the longest. So they got a little taste of their own medicine times 10. Now you go back to the drawing board and you regroup. I don't think you let it shake up your organization or shake up your team. You got to regroup. Yeah. Speaking of regrouping, that brings us to the worst of the worst this weekend. Number one, the Washington Commanders. Not just having a backup quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. They couldn't protect their quarterback. Apparently Sam Howell smells bad. (laughs) <laughs> because the line just looking and say, yeah, we're good. We're not going to protect you anymore. He was, he's been running for his life, and the Giants took full advantage of that. Coming in this game, they only had six sacks in five games. They got five in one game versus Washington. Well, can I say this? Sam Howell has been sacked 40 times Oof. this season. It, 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 they have, what, 10 more games left? Mm-hmm. He's been sacked 40 times. So is he going to get sacked? <laughs> Is yeah. he going to get sacked for a record a well, hundred times? Well, put it this way. He may not be able to stand up to get that record. Yeah, true. They, they, they may knock the fool out of him with his offensive line apparently treating him as if he did not belong on the team in the first place. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together. Thanks for joining us. And Freddie and Harry and Charles Barkley, basketball Hall of Famer, joined us early in this show, and he said this about Anthony Davis. He's a very talented player. But I- Find out how he finished that sentence next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.